0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Your Bible's to John chapter 13. You may be thinking, well, that's not an Advent passage. (laughs) But, um, you know, I've... I've, uh, been pastoring in this area for now about four years, two years here now, and um, I've I've, uh, I've preached Advent sermons through those other seasons, and I thought this year I'm just going to keep on going through the text because every sermon is a Christmas sermon. That's what uh, Bill uh, Weaver told me the other day. We were talking about this, and he said every sermon is a Christmas sermon. You're talking about the God-man who became flesh, who uh, dwelt among us. I mean. We should always have joy in the fact that Jesus came and lived among us. And tonight we're looking at how specifically He came as a servant. He didn't come uh, to uh, uh, be born in a palace, but He came and He was born in a stable and He was placed in a manger in a place of obscurity. Foreshadowing that he, he didn't come to bring glory to Himself during that life, but to come as a servant, to give His life as a ransom for many. So in John chapter 13, Jesus shows His disciples how He loved them. How He loved them extravagantly, how He loved them to the uttermost. John chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, says, Now, before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. During the supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He, caused, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what, am I, what I am doing to you, you do not understand. But afterwards you will understand. Jesus said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That's why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am, for so I am. If you then... If you do them, let's pray. Father, we thank You. Lord, that You have brought us here. We pray that You would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand and obey. Father, I pray that You would give me strength. I pray that You give me wisdom. And I pray that, um, Lord, that You would serve us even tonight, just as you served your disciples. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's kind of an odd story, but a familiar one. Jesus was the servant. Uh, Jesus was the Lord. He was the Lord. We we know He is the one who was the God who became flesh from chapter 1 of this book. We know He's the one who had disciples coming to Him. We know He was the one who could raise the dead. He's the one who claimed to be God Himself. And yet, here He was coming to the end of His ministry. Coming to the end of His life on this earth. And He knows this. It's conscious to Him. It says... Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world. He knew the time was coming. And He t- took a moment to do something that the disciples thought was strange. He, he was not the one who should have done this. You see, to, it's common knowledge, I think, to understand that it wasn't just any slave that would come and wash the feet of those who came. But it was the lowest job of the lowest slave. No one would want to do this. And certainly not someone who is master. Someone who should be called Lord. to, To bend down and wash another's feet. And yet Jesus here, as He's reclining, probably lying down while they're supping together with his elbow up against the ground, lying down. That's the way they ate back then. They didn't have our nice tables we have today. And Jesus gets up and he takes a towel and he wraps it around himself. And he goes and he fills a water basin and he goes around to his disciples. He splashes water on their feet. And he wipes them off and cleans them. What is Jesus trying to say to his disciples? Peter didn't understand it. He was like, Jesus, you're doing this for me? I, 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 you can't do this for me, Jesus. Peter was so often like that. When Jesus began to talk about having to go to the cross, Peter said, no, no. Over my dead body will you go to the cross. And Jesus rebuked him and said, Get behind me, Satan! And Peter was just acting the same as he had been before. He says, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus teaches him something. Jesus did this action. He served these disciples. He washed their feet to teach them something. Jesus told His disciples, He told Peter that he had to wash his feet, and if he didn't have he didn't wash his feet, then he could have no part in Jesus. He could have no part in him. I'll go ahead and read the passage again. Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand, but afterwards you will understand. Skip a verse. If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. In order to be one of Jesus' people, you know, verse 1 says, He knew those. When Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world, having loved his own, he loved his own. He loved his disciples. He loved those who he had called, he'd called to himself. He loved his own. So much, and He loved them to the very end. But even these ones that He loved, they could have no part in Him unless they were cleansed. Unless they were cleansed. This is why I think this prefigures what Jesus was doing upon the cross. It's, it's not a picture like in baptism where we, where we see someone is buried and raised again as they go under the water and up. It's not like that kind of a picture. And it's not the kind of picture we see in the Lord's Supper where we partake of the bread and the, uh, as the body and the drink as, as His blood. But it is a kind of a picture in the fact that Jesus was showing His disciples, I've got to cleanse you if you're going to have any part of me. And that's what he was doing as he was going to the cross. He was going to the cross to die as the Lamb of God. The one who was going to wash away our sins with his own blood. Unless we have our sins washed away by Jesus, we have no part in him. We must be washed by Jesus. It's not good enough just to be a good person. It's not good enough just to go to church. It's not good enough just to hang around Christians. We have to be washed by Jesus. We have to put our faith in Jesus, in His finished work on the cross, so that we can be saved, so that we can be cleansed. And then Peter, he responds, you know, don't wash me. Don't wash me. Jesus uh, tells him, you know, you have to, have to be washed in order to have any part of me. And Peter says, well then, Lord, don't just wash my feet. Wash my hands and my head too. And Jesus says something kind of strange. He says, well, if you've taken a bath, then all you need is to wash your feet. You're already clean. I think here what we have is Jesus changes His application. At first, He's applying this saying, you have to be cleansed by Me. And now, I think He's using this to to teach us something else. Once you've been cleansed by Jesus, we still need to go in repentance and in confession to Him. Just like 1 John, which was written by the same author. John wrote, The Gospel of John, and he wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And in 1st John, he says, if we we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Salvation is a one time thing. When, When we come to Jesus initially, he washes us and he cleanses us free from all of our sin. And it's not like we lose our salvation or anything, but we do need to continually go back to Him. Go back to Him in confession and in repentance. Once you've been washed, once you've been cleaned, you just need to come and have your feet washed. Have your feet washed by the Savior. Come have time with Him in intimate communion. Spend time with Jesus, confessing your sins, and you're clean. And He assures us of our our being clean. And then, after He had washed their feet, he He put on His outer garments, and He resumed His place. And He said to them, Do you understand what I've done to you? You call Me Teacher and Lord, and you're right, for I am so. If then your Lord if I then your Lord and teacher have washed you your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I just as I have done to you. He changes his metaphor again. He started off saying you have to be cleansed by me. Then He he teaches that once His once-for-all atonement, once His once-for-all cleansing has been received, we still need to come and have our feet washed. But then He tells us, in Christian living, we need to be like Him. He's leaving us an example that we should be like Him. Just as He washed His disciples' feet, we ought to wash one another's feet. Jesus, in taking upon the towel taking the basin and getting down and washing the feet of His disciples like a slave, like the lowest slave of the low, means that as His disciples, we should serve one another in that kind of a way. We should serve one another self-abasing, self-giving. Not expecting anything in return, but just continually giving Because of what we have received in Jesus. That is our motivation. We give because of how much we've received. We give and we serve because of how we have been served in Jesus cleansing us from all of our sins. So tonight, have you been washed in the blood? Have you been cleansed by Jesus? I think, looking around, I think most of us have. Have you been cleansed by Jesus? Think on that first. And then if you have trusted in Christ, but you're Maybe not walking with Him right now. Do you need to come and have your feet washed? Do you need to come and, and have a time of confession with the Lord? Just come. You've already had a bath, so to speak. You've been cleansed by Jesus. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. But you need to come and clean your feet. Tonight is the time to do that. And then for those of us, all of us, who are believers in Jesus, we are commended to be just like Jesus in this. He lowered Himself unthinking. No, He was thinking. But He lowered Himself, not concerned about the consequences, so that He could serve His disciples. It's a picture of what he did in the cross. He was God and he became man. He was with God in all of his glory and all of his goodness from all eternity, and yet he condescended, he became a human being. was mocked, was beaten. He doesn't call us to give our lives as a ransom like he did, but he does call us to wash each other's feet. To wash one another's feet, to serve, to give our lives in service to one another. You know, Jesus says you should wash one another's feet. I think there is a particular sense in which we ought to wash the feet of other believers. Yes, we do good to all men. In Galatians, Paul tells us, do good to all men, but especially those who are of the household of faith. I think that goes right back to what Jesus does right here. He says you ought to wash one another's feet. He doesn't tell His disciples, go and wash everybody else's feet. He tells His disciples, go and wash one another's feet. We ought to have that kind of care and concern for our brothers and for our sisters within the church. To care for one another, self-abasing, taking care of one another's needs. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.